Inside Sources. Inside Sources. America's voice of reason. Boyd Matheson on Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. As the war between Israel and Hamas continues, the questions continue to swirl. Are we any closer to any kind of ceasefire? Are there any any progress being made in terms of the hostages? Uh, any other progress in terms of uh, what happens next as this continues to grind on? Of course, the humanitarian crisis in Gaza is only deepening. The Israeli Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu is facing increased uh, challenges both at home and abroad. Uh, obviously, things inside of Israel, he's been under immense pressure for a very long time over the course of the last year uh, on a host of things outside of uh, what took place uh, on October the 7th. And then, of course, the increased uh, international community weighing in with dissatisfaction in terms of the prosecution of the war between uh, Israel and Hamas. And so as we look at where we actually are and trying to get past some of the headlines and more importantly, what comes next and how do we get to a space uh, where we can get to not just a ceasefire, uh, but beyond what happens after that, I think is the the real test. Uh, And beginning that, of course, is dealing with the hostages. Uh, Some of those are American citizens. We need to keep that in mind. Uh, They have been held uh, since October the 7th after the brutality of Hamas uh, took place there. And uh, so as we go through this, again, a lot of these are, are things that we just need to think through and process in terms of where are we really? And then what's the realistic path forward? Obviously, many of these uh, challenges in the Middle East have been going on for centuries. And I don't expect any of those things to be taken care of uh, overnight or with a quick uh, sweep of the pen. Uh, but there is a path to get to at least a space where both Humanitarian efforts uh, can be done to help the innocents that are suffering. Uh, And obviously Israel needs to have confidence that their people won't be under attack in similar uh, ways to October the 7th, uh, which many within Hamas have continued to say they will continue to carry out. So there are some underlying things that are going to make this very difficult to navigate, uh, but let's try to navigate what we know. Uh, First, yesterday, uh, in a little bit of a surprise, as uh, President Biden was uh, just chit-chatting with some journalists at an ice cream parlor uh, as part of a campaign stop, uh, he said he actually hoped that the ceasefire agreement would be solidified by next Monday. My, my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. We're not done yet. And my hope is by next Monday we'll have a ceasefire. Uh, that was Actually, big breaking news coming out of the ice cream parlor uh, from President Biden. Uh, those words had not been uttered by any member of his uh, his organization, anyone uh, within the Defense Department, anyone within the State Department. Uh, and so that was just a little bit of breaking news from the president. And, of course, the response to that both nationally and internationally was mm, maybe not quite so fast. Uh, but that's hopeful that at least the negotiations are moving in a positive direction, uh, enough at least to give President Biden some confidence so that there is a path forward. Now, the president uh, continued on the campaign side of uh, his day yesterday, uh, going on late-night television, uh, late night with Seth Meyers, uh, for an interview, an interesting choice, I think, for the president, who hasn't done a lot of interviews of late. Uh, the show host asked the president about uh, what was happening in the Middle East, talked about a two-state solution between Israel and Palestine, uh, and the state of the hostages, when that kind of release or deal could be negotiated. Here's how the president responded. 
And so there's a process underway that I think if we get that, that temporary ceasefire, we're going to be able to move in a direction where we can change the dynamic and not have a two-state solution immediately, but a process to get to a two-state solution. Now, I think that's important that the president said, look, we're not, we're not jumping to the two-state solution, but there is a path to a process towards a, a two-state solution. And the big players in that, uh, Hamas is one of those that has really been in the middle of mucking up the gears of a two-state solution. There had actually been some great progress between the United States and Israel uh, and others in the Middle East who had warmed to the idea of saying, okay, look, let's see if we can't make this work. Uh, but remember, in a two-state solution, Hamas can't exist. Uh, so there's plenty of incentive for Hamas to keep stirring things up or distracting. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting thing to keep our eye on is – what happens if things start to really progress, if part of the day after, so to speak, in terms of uh, hostages and ceasefires, if it is a path towards a two-state solution, there are some actors in the region uh, that might use that as provocation or an excuse uh, to take hostile action in the region. And so we, we really have to watch that very closely. On Sunday, I thought it was interesting, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, who was on CNN's State of the Union, uh, he talked about uh, the state of the hostages and where things were headed in terms of those negotiations. It is true that the representatives of Israel, the United States, Egypt and Qatar met in Paris and came to an understanding among the four of them about what the basic contours of a hostage deal for temporary ceasefire would look like. Uh, there will have to be indirect discussions by Qatar and Egypt with Hamas because ultimately they will have to agree to release the hostages. That work is underway. Uh, and we hope that in the coming days we can drive to a point where there is actually a firm and final agreement on this issue. But we will have to wait and see. So that's Jake Sullivan uh, saying, look, the contours of a deal uh, at least have been agreed upon. There are So that is hopeful, uh, and especially for those hostages and for their families uh, who have uh, just been going hour to hour, minute to minute in the uncertainty of of all of that uh, since October the 7th. Now, interestingly, uh, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, of course, uh, is battling for his own grip on power. Uh, in an interview with Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation on Sunday, she asked the Prime Minister about a timeline of victory and uh, the coming threat of operation in Rafah in southern Gaza. Here's how he responded. Once we begin the Rafah operation, the intense phase of the fighting is weeks away from completion, not months, weeks away from completion. Uh, and that is, uh, we've already destroyed 18 out of the 24 Hamas uh, uh, terrorist battalions. So we, we have a few, and four of them are concentrated in Rafah. We can't leave the last Hamas stronghold without taking care of it. Obviously we have to do it. But understand too that I've asked the army to submit to me a double plan. First to evacuate, to enable the evacuation of the Palestinian civilians in Gaza and uh, obviously, second, to destroy the remaining Hamas battalions, that gets us a real, real distance towards the completion of our, our victory. And that uh, we're not going to give it up. If we have a deal, it'll be delayed somewhat, but it'll happen. If we don't have a deal, we'll do it anyway. Uh, it has to be done because total victory is our goal and total victory is within reach. 
So much to unpack and get to there. A lot of people are questioning Netanyahu's day after plan. We know there's been protests, including including the self-immolation of Aaron Bushnell, who died in front of the Israeli embassy in D.C. This is a long way from being done. This is just the beginning of the beginning. We'll continue to follow it here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio.